I'm Tom Saunders, getting through this in Wyndham, New York. And I'm Scott Blakeman on Manhattan's Upper East Side. One of the many recurring themes of this program is the desire of Tommy and I to win a Nobel Prize. Since one does not yet exist to honor those of us who create podcasts, we have held out hope since this podcast's inception in April 2020 that we would win a Nobel Prize in one of the current fields like peace, physics, economics, and physiology or medicine. Yesterday, I learned that our hopes would be dashed once again as the first Nobel Prize of 2022 in physiology or medicine was awarded not to Tom Saunders and Scott Blakeman, but oh. instead to Svante Pabo for his <laughs> discoveries concerning the genomics of extinct homonyms and human evolution. As I blinked away the tears watching a report in his important work on BBC News, <laughs> I could only dream of that day, hopefully not in the too distant future, when our names will be the ones announced for any Nobel Prize that seems like a good fit for our talents. But until that day, Tommy and I wish Svant Pabo our heartiest and heartfelt congratulations. Scotty, I too am blinking away tears. It's easier than finding a box of tissues and no one carries handkerchiefs anymore. So blinking tears away is a convenient option. But not receiving a Nobel Prize is disappointing, even when it's in any of those categories and especially in the category that doesn't exist yet, that of the best podcast. And we've declared on this very podcast our intent to end disappointment in our lifetime. So is that... So this is that freakish unicorn of shattered dreams known as a double disappointment. But I have found a coping mechanism far less expensive than therapy or antidepressants. When disappointment strikes, Scotty, instead of feeling anger, regret, or disappointment, I feel sorry for myself. <laughs> it's fast acting, and its only side effect is judgmental friends who feel compelled to admonish me. Don't feel sorry for yourself. <laughs> you do it in that tone of voice, which <laughs> makes them sound dumb. Admittedly, that's an annoying downside, but I ask a question that should be carved in stone before I forget it. If you don't feel sorry for yourself, who else will? <laughs> so I plan to keep doing a Nobel-worthy podcast, hoping for the Nobel judges to finally take notice. And when that time comes, Scotty, I won't be disappointed, but I will never falter in my effort and determination to feel sorry for myself. Well, Tommy, I hope the uh, stone carvers aren't alert because if you don't feel sorry for yourself, who else will? That needs to be carved even before this podcast finishes today. So <laughs> or at least, the at warning least system that we have that goes out to stone carvers, <laughs> they'll be getting to work. Because Tommy, no one talks about it. As you say, there's yeah. this whole school of thought, hey, what are you doing, Tommy? Hey, hey stop feeling sorry for yourself. Don't mope. Stop yeah. feeling sorry for yourself. And no one ever really explains why there's anything wrong with feeling yeah. sorry Yeah, well, what's so bad about it? I mean, you're, uh, clearly uh, the person that's admonishing you isn't going to feel sorry for you. So yeah. uh, it's really up to yourself um, to, to, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and feel sorry for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe un un unlace your boots. Unlace your boots. Right. Yeah, because that's actually more comfortable. It's more comfortable. Yeah, you're and... Pulling up your bootstraps. First of all, it's a lot of work involved. I know I have those boots in, in the winter and you got to keep, you know, cooking them into those different hooks and then make sure you tie it. 
I'd rather just undo the sh- boots and just put, put, you know, put my feet up on a chair and a, yeah. on a lazy boy and uh, feel sorry <laughs> for yourself. And again, it's that negative connotation, yeah. but you're just, it's basically self-care. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 and it feels good. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed it, but when I, I certainly in, in uh, I when I feel sorry for myself, it's not a bad feeling. It's a good it's better than feeling regret and bitterness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, those are two feelings I could do without, frankly, Scotty. And once we get rid of disappointment, I hope that we stamp out regret and bitterness. Yes. Uh, and the it, anger that usually goes with it. That's all yes. negative feelings. And there's no way to handle it. But feeling sorry, you basically say, Oh, I didn't get it. Oh, I should have. Oh, Poor I me. Really yeah, you're not going, boy, if I had done that, I would have. No, there's none no. of that. What you no. should have done. You deserved it, and, yes. and it didn't happen, so you're yes, feeling right. sorry for yourself. So it's actually very relaxing. There's no remorse, which is okay. the most draining uh, thing to feel. Oh, remorse is incredibly draining. Uh, no. it, 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 honestly, I, I feel like... Uh, before I feel remorse, I feel like I have to do push-ups or something just to yeah. get in shape for the. <laughs> it is. It's draining, uh, and and it's useless. When is it? Have you ever felt remorse and then gone? You know what? I'm glad I felt remorse. Yeah. Thank no, God it, I felt remorse. If I hadn't felt remorse, then I wouldn't feel bad about something. Now, remorse makes no sense. Feeling sorry for yourself, that makes sense. It feels it, makes you feel. Yeah. Oh. They're there, you know. <laughs> it's like you're your own cat. <laughs> and, and I think that's the best feeling. And then yeah. all you have to do is stretch your paws out or hands yeah. in this case and take a nap. That's right. And then you go there, there. And, and, and basically you're petting yourself <laughs> the way you would pet your, a cat. You, be your own cat. That's another yeah. uh, that that actually I can see that as just a whole movement. Be your own cat. Yeah. Where where. You know, pet yourself, say they're there, you'll be okay. You're such a good little human, something oh, like yeah. that. And you say like, oh, you like it when under the net, you like the little scratching the chin. You like that. It's <laughs> just things that you like. Uh, yeah. You know, and then you say it. Even getting uh, ding-dongs or ring-dings. Oh, oh yeah, eat the ring dings. And you can put the voice. <laughs> oh, you like to eat the ring dings. Oh, you like to eat them. You love them. Yeah. And you just do the voice to yourself. Yeah. It's, it's yes. really a breakthrough. Uh, it, it's, it is a breakthrough. it's a great companion piece to feeling sorry for yourself. Yes, it, it, it really truly is. It, it, it opens up a whole new range of, of self-behavior where you're petting yourself, reassuring yourself. And 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 just uh, uh, loving yourself to uh, and and enjoying, just uh, you know, making it yourself. I think that the idea of feeling sorry for yourself really opens up a huge range of emotions that you that in the past we felt we are, we're not worthy of because people do they yell at you don't feel sorry for yourself. Yeah. Like, why? Why do they care? Why do they care about how you feel anyway? Why do they want to change the way you feel? These people, you know. Yeah, they, because feeling sorry for yourself isn't saying I'm a bad person or I. I no, it's the opposite. Saying no, I should. Why didn't I win? Right. I feel bad. I feel sorry for myself. I should have won because I'm good. It's I'm good. A, a life affirming kind of. A, That's a right, and 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 certainly a self affirming. Uh, yeah. A, a activity. Yep. I, I'm. I, I'm so, and also I just, I found that uh, it actually does feel better than all those other feelings that we mentioned, recrimination, bitterness, 
Oh yeah. Uh, just or just pure sadness. I mean, what's worse than sadness? Oh yeah, because that again is making you feel worse. Feeling sorry for yourself is not the same as feeling bad about no. yourself. It's just I'm great. Oh. I you know what did I you know yeah. but not anger. I'm I'm angry that I didn't or I'm resentful of that person. No, it's just feel sorry for myself, and uh, it, it's a very comforting and it's relaxing. very comforting. And that's the key, comfort and relaxation. That's so cool. And, and therefore, it's probably health-giving. Right? Oh, much, because much it's, healthy. Yeah. It's endorphins. It's not bitterness and anger. Those actually are bad for the health. And that's actually true. Yeah. Apparently, uh, uh, I've heard it said by a, a wise um, neurophysician that um, one hour of anger, this is true, one hour of anger le- leads to 24 hours of of lowered um, immunity. Yeah. In your, right. in your, did you know that, Scott? I, I didn't hear, know those specific numbers. But you know but what's I, good about yeah is that yeah. you you don't really I don't think of you as getting really angry a lot. Like I don't not a lot. I mean, there's moments of a little outburst here and there, but I, oh, I, I regret it, it as I'm that. doing it. And, and literally, Tommy, it is physically exhausting. Where I yes. feel like pulled the muscle. I remember once years ago, I almost got actually I wouldn't have wanted it to. Almost got into an altercation with the. Uh, comedian's manager who uh, said some annoying things to me and I just pushed certain buttons and wow. he turned out he was a former boxer or something but even the act of <laughs> yeah. just saying to him uh what's your problem or whatever I said to him well this, this guy said what's your something I felt I literally pulled muscles uh, just by expressing <laughs> anger so it's physically damaging yeah to, to be angry it is physically damaging it is literally and physically damaging yeah. To be angry, and 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 you brought up a whole thing—the pulling of a muscle that yeah. I didn't even think about. But uh, yeah, you know, when you're stressing yourself out, ah, it, you only—and by the way, when you're angry, you always say things and do things that are regrettable. It's yeah. a—it's one of the worst uh, emotions that we've inherited from our animal past. It's not our <laughs> fault, yeah. uh, uh, Scotty. It—it's not our fault. We have this. Uh, anger tendency and anger is useless it's why we have wars it's just completely not no, always, it always is people at their worst it's never been like i came up with that play when i was really angry or <laughs> i said that brilliant line when i was just furious no <laughs> you, you, you reduce your intelligence right you never come up with insightful plans, no and it's you it's you at your worst and people think that that anger is what feeds a comedy no it doesn't you can't do comedy when you're angry, when you're pissed off. You can't yeah. be funny. Uh, uh, all those um, extreme emotions like fear and anger are bad for comedy, for sure. Well, there's been a lot of it lately, sort of, where outrage has replaced good joke writing. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yes, you have only to see Samantha Bee's uh, <laughs> now-canceled show to... Yeah, that. yeah. So it's, it's a, but Tommy, you again, these in minute within minutes, we unearthed, mm-hmm. and we didn't plan on unearthing. No. We basically started talking about the Nobel Prize, but yes. you're, don't feel, if you don't feel sorry for yourself, who else will? Uh, it, it's just, well, and that's the name of the book, Tommy, now in its eighth printing <laughs> and translated into 36 languages. <laughs> By the way, there are hundreds of languages. I was thought there were about eight. But really no, are... it turns out there's lots, and, and a lot of them are in are in the um, South Pacific. You know, yeah. all those little islands that have a different language for every island. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where a lot of your numbers it bumps the numbers up. As and far that'll as... be a big question: the, the meetings at the publisher. Do we go into? You know, do we print it? I'm, I say yes. <laughs> in Even Tagalog, if only like twelve people on that island. 
Why yeah. shouldn't they get a chance to read it? Yeah, I, I agree. And but I don't think that should hold up the, the printing of it, the publication, no. like just to, until it's been translated into Tagalog or one of the many different, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, languages that honestly, like you say, only the, uh, maybe 50, 60 people. Re so should we translate that and then publish the book, which is uh, the title is uh, what was the title? Again? Uh, if you don't feel sorry for yourself. Oh, yeah. Who will? Who will? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I'm wondering, should that be the title, or did that give away the big meat of the story? Maybe we should bury that. Uh, uh, well, that could be the subhead, maybe, because yeah. we need those subheadlines now. Right. The book title. So. Uh, so it's all about how to feel sorry for yourself. Well, and maybe I, that's it. How to feel sorry. Feeling for sorry for yourself. I is, think that's it's a good thing. Yeah. You how know? to feel sorry for yourself would be first of all, people chuckle. What's this about? Yeah. And then how? Well, they how to feel sorry. So how? Feeling sorry, you know, how uh, if you don't do it, who else will? And, or why that's the way to happiness, something. We need this, the subheadline. But yeah, yeah why, how to feel why sorry for feeling yourself. sorry for the surprising power from see, feeling sorry for yourself, something yeah. like that. Uh, the yeah. surprising benef health benefits uh, that from feeling sorry. Yeah, all of that, that'll, that'll catch my attention. Oh, yeah, but you got to tell me how to feel sorry for yourself. I mean, it's, it's already just a yeah. bestseller and just an iconic book of humor but also a real that's that's straddling those worlds or you know we need this humor and self-help yeah. all in one and that's yeah. uh, what it's all about and a lot I of could... self-help is the most humorless uh, uh of uh, publications outside yeah. philosophy that actually is the most humorless but yeah. uh um so yes we inject humor into self-help scotty and and this is a uh this is, I, I'm also, I just, my mind went right to how many pages should the book be? And I'm yeah. like a thousand page tome, you know, that, that, that's not even a book. It becomes a tome when it's thousand pages. Yeah. It's impressive. It looks great. But then you get that, that effect. That, and you know it from the Johnny Carson book. Oh, right. Which is oh. maybe 200 and very large type that's <laughs> that not challenging at all. And that could be a challenge. Yeah, so, that could be a challenge. A thousand. I mean, Tommy, look, we say this now, but you know what may well happen. And this, I'm not going to, it's not a spoiler alert because it hasn't happened. I don't know if it'll have happened, but could you have a spoiler alert for things that may not happen? Uh, you know, but anyway, what if I one day start this by you look at the script and it's, I just finished Robert Caro's uh, tome on, on Robert Moses, the power broker, which is uh, at least a thousand pages. Uh, maybe that's in my future. I don't know. That's the key. But I think you're right, Tommy. Uh, not a thousand pages for this. Um, no. It needs to be read. And I, I also, um, I will wait for your book to be published and really do all the rounds of publicity. And then I'll put out my Be Your Own Cat. I'm not going <laughs> to do it exactly the same oh, day. Be like podcast hosts, you know, have dueling books. No. Yeah. I don't want that at all. No. Scotty, and thank you for reminding us of the other uh, certain New York Times bestseller, How to Be Your Own Cat. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, that's that. And the thing about that is that could be a book that's really about 200 pages long, you know, a great gift book with lots of pictures. and. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely the pictures. Yeah. You know. And uh, and that, yeah, that shouldn't be that's not going to be a big weighty one. That should be at the checkout count or even in a prime position for the holidays and elsewhere. And we'll attract the cat lovers, but also people but, who don't have cats who just uh, self-help also. But um, it'll, it'll uh, also be updated periodically. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yes, it's only 200 pages. 
but it'll keep getting updated now in its 15th printing. That's what you're <laughs> looking for. Oh, yeah. Now yeah, that's 15th printing. And, and with, with new, uh, uh, in, you know, newly discovered ways of being your own cat, you know, added in. So people could repeat purchase the book is what I'm saying. It would change the cover possibly too, yeah. or, you know, a nice modern version. But then I want to sell the retro the first edition cover, because uh, a lot of people like that, you know, whatever yeah, 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 style yeah. that'll be. And oh, maybe we can make it like a 1950s <laughs> one to start off. So it'll seem like it's retro, even though it's published in 2023. I think it should have, we may have to go back in time. Yeah. Know, when our time machine is finally finished and go back to the, the uh, New Yorker cartoonist, Goliath Williams, uh, <laughs> and have Goliath Williams illustrate the cover of the first edition <laughs> of Be Your Own Cat. And it shows a man in a like a, 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 a seersucker suit uh, yeah. uh, uh, standing in front of a mirror with a cat head on and looking very uh, smug. And, and, you know, actually, it could be, now that I think of it, Goliath Williams, one of those more modern uh New Yorker cartoonists who love to have smug looking animals who, who, who does. Yeah. Well, also I guess Charles Adams would have some, uh, that would be a sort of different style, but I've the Goliath Williams. I've never heard the name mentioned. It's perhaps the most, um, and I was going to hesitate to say obscure New Yorker reference because as we've said on this podcast, especially in the beginning, obscure just means something you don't know yet. That's right. We don't think of obscure as being a bad thing. No, no being a, 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 a like finding a gold in the, in the middle of a of a um uh what, what would be an unusual place to find gold in uh midtown manhattan in the middle of midtown just a big bar of gold that nobody bothered to pick up yeah, i mean it possibly could you know because they they're transporting into the banks the bricks yeah. of gold and one guy yeah a little bit of a hurry he drops it and that could be a whole whole henry story right there <laughs> where he's going to buy used all of his five dollars left in, to to get his girlfriend or his wife something, and he finds the bar of gold, and uh, and then he what? buys her a mansion. Yeah, she really just wanted a comb. <laughs> <laughs> and and she, then it, see if you had only just yeah, bought I, what you were gonna get, I would have been happy. But <laughs> now you spent that and you stole it basically. The gold <laughs> bar. Basically, yeah. you just picked it up. You didn't, and, it, it, and the gold might say return to Fort Knox, you know, but yeah. would you do that? I mean, I mean, you found a bar of gold, that, you know, embedded in, in the gold itself in gold letters, return to Fort Knox. Would you just do it? Or, or, or what if it didn't say it's just a bar of gold? Yeah. Well, where do you bring it in? Yeah. Where do you bring it? What does he do? I mean, I, I think he should keep it and buy the big house, surprise the woman. And yeah, the woman goes, I just wanted a comb. I don't. I cannot believe you bought a house without first consulting me. Yeah, it, that would be the fear with that. Uh, but then again, Tommy, he. I mean, this is a modern day interpretation. Yeah, he could sell the house at a, at a steep uh, profit, and then just use you know a very small amount of it to buy her a comb. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and that what a great way to end the story. I I, I mean, it's a it's a happier ending than the uh, oh I cut my hair. Yeah. You something that now you bought me a comb and I don't know and, and it's just the sadness of it, the irony of it. No, this is a much better story, Scotty. I think you've improved on Ho O Henry. 
Well, and again, I appreciate him, and 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 you know, it was look, it's had it's lasted all these years, and still will. But I think in this day and age, Tommy, with all the strife in the world, we need more of a clear cut ending where there's no ambiguity yeah. and there's no remorse there. And, oh, no. too bad. Why didn't she? Uh, just want, oh, right. he did that. Can you believe that? And she wanted that. No, none of that. It's like, oh, he did. He did she, well with that. Got him a great a house. Oh yeah, she, he flipped she, it. She said, she said she wanted it. It's nice, but she wanted a comb. So he sells the house. And as yeah. you say, with a very small amount of the proceed, you know, oh. money. And, that and he flipped made, it, made a lot made, of money. I mean, and by yeah. the way, we're talking about flipping a house. You, you, you know, we, yeah. we don't know. You know, he could he could make you know, right now. It's not a great time to flip houses. But by the time this book is published, yeah, there's no doubt about it. He, you know, it, it'll it, it'll be a happy ending story. It'll have improved on O. Henry. And there's your Nobel Prize, Scotty. Yep. That's finally the Nobel Prize in literature goes to Scott Blakeman for improving on O. Henry. Well, that would be or and it could inspire a whole theme of books involving flipping houses as the ending. Well, that <laughs> and then the real estate industry will be involved. And uh, and then, of course, look, uh, you know what's coming, Tommy. There'll yeah. be snickers around people saying, yeah, he's in, in cahoots He's with that real estate industry with the flipping and, and all that. And, and Philip Galanti in The Times. And what's the ethics of writing a book as good as it is that yeah. involves flipping a house. Not everybody could flip a house. Not everyone's in that right. position. So there'll be that. There'll be the backlash, of course. You know, it's a very first world plot device. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm ready for that. But uh, and again, that's not going to be the the focus. It really just in that one story, uh, it will be, uh, and we'll go from there. Tommy, I just got breaking news. Though you mentioned, I'm sorry, I left out literature in in the beginning, but the Nobel for Physics was announced today. And I wasn't going to bring it up because you know, we're already feeling sorry for ourselves. But um, and uh, three scientists, uh, one for physics, for quantum technology. And look, haven't we talked about that a lot? Yes. Am I bitter, angry, resentful? As you just said, Tommy, no. And we extend our congratulations to them. I didn't I don't have their names uh, handy, but um, no, but you can extend congratulations with name uh, uh, to be determined. <laughs> Yes. So you could do that. I, I thoroughly and ha and deeply congratulate Name to be Determined. Oh, and, yeah. And, and I think that's fine because the sentiment is there. I mean, the anybody could is, just fill in a name. I mean, no, that's not, no, absolutely. And, it, and, and there are those people, you know, again, you can never satisfy anybody. There are people that say, wait a minute, if you're going to congratulate a person, at least say their name. No. That uh, 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 I think we're proving that you don't have to say a person's name in order to congratulate. Oh, no, no, look, you still, anyway, like we said, anybody could say, you could say Jonathan Williams. What does that <laughs> do? You're just saying a name. But you could go, I extend my congratulations to you. And then you just, you could write in a name. And that, that's the beauty of it. It gives the flexibility. Anyone can fill in any name. That's exactly. And nobody's left out. Nobody, exactly. is, <laughs> it, it, uh, right? It, it, nobody can feel like, Oh, I wasn't congratulated by that. Congratulate everybody can, yeah, can, can be congratulated. That's a universal congratulations. I uh, see. Ultimate. That's a new concept. The uh, universal congratulations. You may already be a winner. You know, that's from Publishers Clearinghouse. <laughs> yeah. But why not have it apply to the Nobel Prize as well? Uh, so somebody breaks the saying, Tommy. Before I forget, to yeah. Speaking of filling in the name, I saw something that shocked me over the weekend, and you have it. I don't know if you procure. The print uh, Sunday edition of the Times. I know you go digital during the week. Uh, there was a full page ad. Remember, we love the bus, the Birmingham with full page ads, yeah. formerly the Arts and Leisure, and it was <laughs> double truck ads with all the reviews and 
and for plays and movies. Double truck ad just for people listening a thousand years from now. Uh, that's the, is that the two pages? Yeah, two the... page ads. They, for my advertising days, they called it double truck for some reason. I'm not <laughs> wow. quite sure why. Guy, that's some inside uh, terminology that, yeah. that uh, I think we're all uh, you're, whole, you're pulling back the curtain. Well, and that's what keeps the ad guys listening to our podcast. They're waiting for those little inside <laughs> Madison Avenue terms that I'll throw yeah. in. But Tommy, I saw something shocking. It was for the what? new film Tar, starring the wonderful Kate Blanchett. And it's the full page ad. And traditionally, you go to the bottom. It says, now playing or starting next Wednesday. And they list theaters. And I know from my days in Northwestern and booking films, they're ad slicks. And they're different now. But they leave space in the bottom to fill in for, you know, whether it's Libertyville or Wilmette, Illinois, right. or, you know, you got to fill in your own theater. Well, yeah. Tommy, shockingly, there was the full page at New York Times Arts Leisure section. And on the bottom, it says there were four spots. It said, New York, fill in name and address of theater <laughs> here. They printed the dummy ad. To, oh, my know, God. And oh. I should say that. I mean, I, I think. Yes. I do that. And then I noticed in the main news section. They had the the ad correctly, and I bet it was a makeup, a freebie, in some way. Although it's maybe the fault of the the ad agency to, to send over the dummy ad, but um, Can you imagine I can't a believe Tommy, the mainstream media is not picking up on this. So. No, no, clearly uh, because this is the first time I'm hearing of it. I think this may our podcast may be scooping everybody on this story. Yeah, but that is a. A, an incredible talk about falling down on the job. I hope our military isn't uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, in, 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 uh, so lackadaisical, I guess is the real word. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, because when you imagine uh, taking out, like you say, a double truck ad, and I think we're all going to be using that term whenever we can. Oh, sure. Uh, even though the, the, the days of the, of the newspaper are, are dwindling as we speak. <laughs> Uh, because uh, uh, but the idea that they sent that they printed the dummy ad without the actual theaters where this uh, movie will be playing is in a way something like discovering a hominid in, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 are, are, you know, uh, 500,000 million years earlier. Well, exactly. And, 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 uh, and the whole notion of discovery uh, I don't hear everyone else talking about it. Maybe most people's eye wasn't even trained to see it. They would they would look in and go, "Oh, it's at the Beekman." At the you know, even though there's nothing there, they they're not allowing themselves to see fill in name and address of theater here because it's too frightening, it's too unsettling. Yeah, they have to do the work and book a theater, and and find out the address, get hire projectionists, and do all that work. Uh, what we do, Tommy, as I see it, and I just let it out to the world and say. Yeah. Information, please. Because by the name that that used to be the name of a, I believe this almanac that would come out every year. The information, please, all giant almanac. Yes, and and also the uh, a radio show that was quite popular in its day, Scotty. That's the type of in depth knowledge this podcast imparts. Yeah, uh, and uh, it's historical. I mean, that's why is there a Nobel Prize in history? Because again, let's throw a hat hats in the ring for that uh, oh gosh yes well i mean look there's history and then there's actually going back in time and confirming the history like we don't just sit around and say this is our our version of history 
we plan to go back in time and confirm to make sure it's really true. Yeah. And most historians, I, I'm going to go further than that. I'm going to say there's not a single historian. I'm not. I'm talking about the Meachams and uh, the Doris Kern Goodwins. They do not use time machines. Yes. We do. We don't, yeah. or, or we will once we, you know, yeah. get that little piece that makes it go back and forth in time uh, uh, to our almost completely finished time machine in terms of we've got the plans figured out. Oh, yeah. And they don't, I don't hear, I'm not saying they don't have a, a shed somewhere where they're working on it, but they don't seem to mention it. I don't think they are. I think they're content with, you know, researching other things that people wrote uh, to get information. We want to be there on site. Yeah, I think uh, that does put us. And again, we're talking about uh, Nobel Prize for history. Uh, how do you beat guys like us who say, no, it's not enough to go to scour the libraries of the world and or or or, or to dig holes in the earth and find shards of pottery? Not not for us. No. That's fine. And that's listen, that's given us a lot of history. But we're going to go back and get the real scoop uh, you know we're going to eyeball it and and ear ear hole it as well <laughs> right. and with video because I mean, that's you know it'll be will be used the modern day technology but i'm surprised and again maybe they're doing it secretly but why not nasa oh yes i'm all for mars and going back to the moon and exploring the pla uh, planetary system but you know they they did as we talked about in this podcast did do time travel with the uh web telescope that actually saw the universe billions of years in the past. Yes. Light years, billions, light years past. So that's time travel. They just didn't get out. No, they didn't get out. We are going to get out. Yeah. That's the thing. That's what's different between us and that uh, huge telescope that NASA has built, uh, uh, yeah. the space telescope. We're actually going to go back in time. We're going to find out just, you know, we're going to be talking to James Madison to see if he actually did like that crystal flute. You know, that's yes, yeah, that, the that Lizzo is, is like, or was that one of those gifts he got? And he's like, oh, thank you. Yeah, I do like flutes, but, you know, it's crystal. Now I got to worry it's going to break. I kept worrying she's going to drop it and it'll break. Well, that's what I would worry about. I, in those days, you could get gifts too. now with the, the campaign finance laws, you know, Madison oh, yeah, didn't accepted not... it. I remember the great Steve Allen. I think it was Steve Allen, the show where they would dress up. You know, it was like this day, whatever it was, they'd go back in time and they'd dress up as James Madison. And uh, uh, it wasn't very elaborately produced, but there no. was, I forgot what it was called. But they, basically, they like sat that. around a table. It was like one yeah. of those Wall, Wall Street week shows. <laughs> Louis Rukeyser. Louis Rukeyser. And, and it would sit around, but it would be Ben Franklin and, and you know, the, the, like you say, James Madison. Very low tech. You know, it's one Very set low tech. They, just talk, they dress up in their costumes and powdered wigs. And yeah. Yeah, I remember that show did not do well, but. Uh, it wasn't Meeting of the Minds. No, that, I don't know. If it might, might have been. It might but have it, been. No, but I give Steve Allen credit for wanting to educate. But, but you know, well, 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 anyway, we would approach it differently. And again, and I'm by the way, can I just say, that, Scotty, yeah, before yeah. we move on too yeah. fast. When you give somebody credit, like a Steve Allen, who is no longer with us, yeah. that's posthumous credit, it's still credit. And and uh, you don't just give out credit to to anybody. I only give it where credit is due. Yes. That's your yeah. policy. Yeah. Now, that I think makes people should like... know that. People should know that you're not just throwing out credit willingly. No, no. But it does sometimes give the impression to some 
that uh, I owe them the credit because they well the credit is due. Let's right. go. Yeah. Give, give him credit. Uh, yeah. And I'm doing it because I wanted to praise him. I'm not nobody. I didn't get a bill. Uh, to my knowledge that I, you know, I owe Steve Allen uh, credit. I'm, I'm giving credit where credit is due because I want to. That's right. Yeah. That, that it, it, had you gotten a bill from the Steve Allen estate, the state, yeah. demanding credit because credit is due, I'm sure you would have given him credit under those circumstances. But I think because then you're under pressure. Then it's like, uh-oh, I better do this or, you know. Well, the worst thing is, Tommy, is credit that's past due. <laughs> that's the and, worst thing. Oh. You're getting credit that's past, and and it's sometimes it's months, sometimes it's years past. Well, what happens? You get a little disorder on you. You forget about it. You forget about it. It's in a pile somewhere, and then you don't you don't get any credit for giving the credit because you know you were a a, a scofflaw or whatever the term. Yeah, scofflaw. Yeah, and then it's like, did you finally pay that? Yeah, did you finally give that credit that was long overdue? Yeah, I did. And then, then, you know, and, then, and then you just get this thing like this look like, well, it's about time. And they give you a look like, well, you're just now giving him credit, you know. And then you want to go, well, what about you, you know, Mr. Judgmental? These people that are always judging us. Guys. Yeah, that's the ones. And, and you then know, they, they don't want us to feel sorry for ourselves. Yeah, they don't want no. us to have, the, the, you know, credit where credit's due. You know, these that's the, you know, these people... The judgmentals, Scotty. That's mm. that, I know that's a topic for another podcast. And a great but... name for I think a, a series. The judgmentals. Yeah. The judgmentals, <laughs> and 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 uh, uh, they're la- they're they're actually uh, a married couple. Both are judges. The last <laughs> name is Mental, <laughs> right? And, and, and so you've got your pun yeah. title for the show, and that's pretty much most of the work. Oh, that's really it. And they just talk occasionally and you could do a montage <laughs> even. So that'll eat up some time. Yeah. You hire writers for that. Yeah. And then they have judgmental friends or the friends of judgmental. Right. They're all they're... very judgmental and they judge yeah. each other. And, and, and yeah, I mean, I see it as a maybe running eight to 10 years. Yeah. I mean, it's a little under the radar. People don't always want, but it just stays on. It's right. Keep staying color. on. Like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. One of those. those yeah. Kind of I'd love to be involved with something like that where it doesn't, no one really talks about it. So it doesn't no. have to, it doesn't really matter. And you just keep getting paid and working. So that's a nice kind of show. And Tommy, before we go though, I'm yep. thinking again, getting back to giving credit where credit is due and, yeah. and, and, and hopefully not credit that's past due. That's way. Past if due. I have credit that's past due, Will that affect my credit is due rating? Yeah, your credit score. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I mean, that's a, that is a real problem. And that's why it is important to give credit when credit is due. Because you don't and want to don't affect wait, my credit don't score. Don't procrastinate yeah. giving credit. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, because just as you say, it's, you know, the, the papers go under other papers and go, you know, and you... You know, Before you know it. Mind. Yeah. Well, Tommy, we have just I mean, this has been a, yeah. and maybe it was inspired by our Nobel rejection. I hate to look at it that way. Or let's just say uh, this was inspired by our heartfelt congratulations to Esfante uh, Pabo for winning in, in medicine or physiology and, and for the new the guys today who won for physics. So we're not we're we congratulate them and we're happy to feel sorry yeah, for ourselves because as you discovered, <laughs> Tommy, and this is your discovery, it's it's a good feeling. And my yeah, companion piece to that is and let's be your own cat as well. <laughs> wow. There's so many things to uh, that. Uh, so, so many benefits to just this one oh. episode of the podcast. It's uh, almost t- 
uh, hard to total that. Well, total I hope we can up, bottle it or at the very least record it, which we did. So that's yeah. the best part. So, so it that's... already had that feeling effect on us. You can only imagine the effect it has on our listeners as well. <laughs> well, Scotty, on that note, I'm going to continue to be Tom Saunders. And I remain sincerely yours, Scott Blakeman, and we're getting through this.